You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, joined as always by Daniel, my partner in crime. Daniel, how are you today? I'm great, Allie. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. And as always, I want to know what are you loving? I'm loving something that you turned me on to long ago. You told me about this and I only just Ooh. recently started using it. Uh, I have I have Sling, which is cable. Mm. It's like cheaper cable. But I don't get the the major networks. I don't get ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS. And I wanted to watch um, something that was only on those networks the mm-hmm. other day, a sports event. Because sometimes it would be like a big sports event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to watch it live. So you told me about Locast, mm-hmm. L-O-C-A-S-T, which is $5 a month. It did start charging me. You were asking you. me that the other day. Um, but it's $5 a month, and you can get all of the local channels Mm -hmm. so that i've been able to watch the nba finals was what i wanted to watch that i couldn't super important so you're loving low cast and the nba finals yes and low cast and sling as a combo it's good yes because then you can put the app combo yes Mm -hmm. yes because i had low cast and roku when i used it it is very nice and it's only available in certain cities so it was nice that it's available in our city yeah i think there's some other apps like that but low cast is a good one Mm mm-hmm Yes, absolutely. Well, I am loving, I do love low cast. I don't need it anymore. I now have full cable. Oh, you've stepped up in the world. Yes, yes, I've stepped up. (laughs) Well, I am loving my, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast. So if I have, I'm still loving it then. But I'm loving my blue light glasses. I, when we first started working from home, that's when your eyes really did not get a break from the screen at all like Mm -hmm. they could in the office. And I had awful headaches 24-7. I woke mm, I up in the morning why. with a headache. And finally, everybody, it was the new thing to get these blue light glasses. So I ordered them off Amazon for like $5. And I can't believe the difference it makes. And still to this day, if I don't have them on for a couple hours when I first start working, I notice it. My head starts to hurt. My yeah. eyes start to get tired. And so I love these blue light glasses. It helps me be a lot more efficient and feel a lot better. They are stylish. I will say, though, when you're on a Zoom call and you have blue light glasses on, the reflection makes it so you can't see somebody's eyes. I had somebody in my Mm. small group, my adult small group for a while that and I never felt like I got to see them (laughs) because it was it was always dark. Oh, good to know. I'll take them off now. Yeah, it's not a big deal when you're on Zoom, like if you're talking to just me or something. But but I have noticed that because it blocks the blue light. So it's like sits on your glasses. That makes sense. That's funny. I never even thought about that. Well, we are in the fifth and final week of our current series, The Art of Group Talk. We've been going over content from The Art of Group Talk, books from Orange. They're all about having great conversations in small group with the next generation. And we talked about starting from kids, preteen boys, preteen girls, teenage boys, and now we are wrapping up with teenage girls. Now, a couple episodes ago, we did talk about preteen girls, and that's what we kind of consider more middle school age and now we've moved on to teenage girls so high schoolers and there is there are slight changes in how we talk to them and lead them in those different age groups high school girls probably have the deepest conversations but also 
It is so, so, so important for us to be sending them into adulthood with the emotional, spiritual, and interpersonal skills to do well. Yeah, we got to witness that really this year with Mm -hmm. our graduating class, our seniors. uh, We're the largest group that we've had, Mm -hmm. at least certainly in our time here, but probably Probably one of the largest senior classes we've ever had. And our leaders, Kelly and Marianne, Katie and Andrew, um, and all of them knew their teens exceptionally well. And then we had quite a few seniors who weren't in a small group themselves, but who served um, Mm -hmm. as small group leaders for kids that were younger. Um, And just seeing at the end of the year, their leaders recognize them one by one, talk about what they were going to do in the coming year. It it was really inspiring. Um, Kelly and Marianne's girls gave them shirts from each of their colleges. So Mm -hmm. Kelly's been like wearing those shirts to work because Kelly's on our staff too. Um, uh, day by day. And we just want every group to be invested in each other like that. Those girls knew each other. Those boys knew each other. And even if they weren't there every week, they got celebrated at the end of the year. Their leaders were invested in their lives and continue to be invested. And that's part of the reason that we celebrate them that way and (laughs) spend so much time on it our last night together, because we want everybody else to see that and parents included. But really it's that process throughout high school. So Um, we're talking about basically ninth through 12th grade, some places, high school is 10 through 12th. That's what it Mm. actually was when I, where I grew up. Oh, really? Yeah. But ninth through 12th grade for the most part here for high school programs, I think is pretty universal. So here's a little expert from the book about what they're experiencing at each of those grades. So ninth grade, ninth grade is all about finding a group of friends where you fit. Girls Mm -hmm. may talk a lot about finding or changing friend groups. That means spending extra time connecting is a good idea. And connecting outside group with girls who feel lonely or left out is essential. So that's ninth grade. 10th grade is the time when students begin to question everything. Don't panic if your sweet ninth graders are now challenging everything that you've (laughs) taught them. That's normal. Instead, make group conversations a safe place to ask questions and express doubt. 11th grade is when students start driving, working, and dating. That means you may see a drop in small group attendance, but don't let that be where the conversation ends. Stay in touch with girls Mm. who seem to have checked out, letting them know it's okay, always okay to check back in. And we really see this a lot, Mm -hmm. I think, in 10th and 11th grade. Definitely. Um, And we saw them come back, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, in 12th grade this year. Just an invite a lot of times. Mm -hmm. 12th grade girls tend to have equal parts excitement and anxiety about what this last year means for them. This is the time to begin helping them see community is about the people, not the building or the small group itself. So a little bit about each grade. And now we can go into how to really approach the conversation. No, it's one big book on just teenage girls. And then when you break down the grade by grade, they're just all in such different places in life and focus in Mm -hmm. their mind, but we can still use the same great strategies to really facilitate great conversation for each of those ages and grades. I'm going to read quickly to just another um, excerpt from the book. It's on page 13. Again, this is the art of group talk for teenage girls. And it says, as someone who creates small group resources for a living, I thought I should be better at this. Our conversations should be better than this. Don't worry, you aren't solving the world's problems or even all your girls' problems in one night or even one year. But remind yourself and your leaders of two things. Your small group conversations matter, all of them. The sum of them is what matters most. 
And second, your small group conversations can matter more. We need to be reminded of those two things constantly. And we need to remind our small group leaders of that too. Say it again and again. It's like saying, I love you to your kids. You can't just do it once. You have to do it all the time. And I think that just sums up a good reminder of what matters. You can get caught up in the day to day, the week to week, the year over year, and the turnover that you see in your small groups as less girls start go going and showing up or more do and as that fluctuates. But remember what matters. It's that time. It's those conversations. It's your time and relationship in that small group. And what we're trying to do in these episodes is really to say how your conversations can matter more. Mm -hmm. They matter. We've established that, but we want them to matter even more. Even more. Yes. For teens, as they grow and get older from that middle school age to now, I think check-ins become even more important. Mm -hmm. You kind of do it with middle schoolers and it's good, but by the time they get to be teenagers, they have more responsibility and more reasons to worry. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the older teen groups would spend all of their time checking in about their weeks. They don't even watch the video message. And that can be frustrating. I mean, you want them to watch it, obviously, Mm -hmm. but we also realize that's incredible. These teenagers want to share their lives with each other and with us. So we're just giving them that platform. And that's what those check-ins are for. No matter what form you use, and we've talked about a lot of different forms on here. You could use the rosebud thorns, happy crappies, (laughs) mad, glad, sad, high lows. I've just done like, what's one word to describe your week? Mm. But just give them a way to describe their week and stick to that rhythm for a while as long as it works. And if it helps, you can give this portion of time um, on your, you know, your phone or your watch, Mm, time mm -hmm. it out so that you can all share, but it doesn't go for too long. But those check-ins are such an important touch point. And sometimes it's good to go into why someone is frustrated or sad or happy. That's where you can kind of go deeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Allie, tell me more about that. Oh, I will tell you. Favorite thing. Yes, those intro conversations are so important. But, and even though sometimes it can take over, that might just be what they needed right now, what they needed in this week to be able to share. They have more, at this age, they not only have more responsibilities and more stressors and responsibilities, but they have more going on. They have exciting stuff going on, whether it's like, going to driver's ed and getting their license and being able to go to the beach with their friends for the first time. They're just getting, gaining all this freedom so they have more to share. But as Daniel said, it's that transition where the conversation shifts from just talking about surface level things going on in their life to getting a little deeper. From the way we talk about small group, it may seem like we don't care about sharing faith, but that's what makes a small group a small group to us. It's not a support group, but you share about your lives. It's not a Bible study, but you do look at scripture. It's not a social club, but you are among friends. It's not a prayer group, but you do pray. The hard part is helping teens connect their everyday lived experience with their faith. And that's where we come in as leaders in in this conversation. When teenage girls enter small group, they're thinking about their big test tomorrow or how to get ungrounded or who's going to be at the game tomorrow or how many people commented on their last posts. So think about your group as transitioning them from those those thoughts to the topic for the night and then back to those thoughts again because they're going to the minute they walk out the door, enter back yep. into that mindset. Andy Stanley 
is consciously does this in his messages. He calls it the me, we, God, me, we kind of breakdown. So he brings them into the message by talking about something they can relate to. Me, something focused on yourself that you can relate to. He teaches for all of us, we, and then he speaks about God's perspective, God. Then he challenges you to do something back to me. And he brings us all together in the end again, we. So as you look as at, as you look as you look at and you prepare your small group questions, think of that kind of progression. How can you help your girls make those transitions? And then you'll typically have to adapt once you're with them. But that's just the way it goes in small group, right? Plan plan well and adapt even better. <laughs> we plan and be. pivot. Plan and pivot. <laughs> yep, that's ministry, right? Yes. All right, so next step that you can do to really engage is to know your extroverts and introverts. This is pretty intuitive. I think at the beginning you'll pick up very quickly. Some of them, Mm -hmm. I mean, you may, like there are some really extroverted uh, teens out there who are kind of quiet sometimes in small Mm -hmm. group. I'm thinking like Tucker is one. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Tucker, he just graduated this year, but he's a quieter guy, but I know that he loves being around people. Mm And he is really extroverted. So yeah, well, anyway. I was going to say too, it depends on the night. I mean, with this age yeah. of teenage girl. And so being able to read your girls and seeing what kind of mood they're in more so than who, what their innate personality as an extrovert or introvert is, is also really helpful. But you can utilize it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. The night, how they're feeling, the topic. Yes. If they just had a fight with their it. mom or dad in yep. the car when they came in, they probably aren't their bubbly typical self. Yep. So in knowing your extroverts and introverts, um, just some tips that they give on how to handle these two different groups. So your extroverts have a lot to say and they enjoy being the center of attention. So three things, be patient with them, hear them and empower them. First to be patient with them because they aren't adults. They're teenage Mm. girls still. (laughs) I think we forget that sometimes, especially as they grow older, but be willing to correct them when it's needed with kindness and with grace. So be patient with them. Second is to hear those extroverts, help them to feel heard, and they're probably gonna talk less. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll go, Mm -hmm. I mean, talk less in a good way, like when they're motor mouth and they can't stop talking. (laughs) Help them to feel heard, maybe summarize what they're saying and say, all right, well, I would love to hear, that's great, thank you so much, Allie. (laughs) I would love to hear what- I think some people have done that to me in my life a time (laughs) or two. So be patient with them, hear them, and then third, empower them. Uh, don't worry. I, I sometimes it's it's easy to just tell them to like not worry about something. But I had um, this group one time. A leader told me that they they had the kind of loud extrovert group in their car, and right before they got out of the car, when they're heading to an event, they said, "Hold on, I need to tell you guys something." And the girls were like, "Oh, are we in trouble?" She said, "No, don't worry. You're not too loud. You are the party starters." I need you to bring the energy because the difference Mm. in this event is either going to be it's lame or you're going to bring the energy and it's going to be awesome. So just look for those opportunities Mm. to use your extroverts Mm -hmm. and empower them to use that energy. All right. So that's extroverts, introverts. This is more me. I'd say Allie's Mm -hmm. more of an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yes. Although I can, I can appear extroverted, but all right. So know your introverts. They're quiet. They probably want to observe as much as they speak. So three things, don't forget them, don't surprise them, and don't force them. First, Mm -hmm. don't forget them, engage with them, 
by without putting them on the spot too much. Mm -hmm. So you do want them to talk and share, and they usually have wise mm -hmm. things to share, mm -hmm. but you also don't want to put them on the spot, which is the don't surprise them. Mm -hmm. So give them a heads up if you want them to speak. Hey, Caprice, after this, uh, you've got the next question. Mm. Or give them the, the questions ahead of time. Or you could say, hey, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this in a second. But let me tell a story first. Mm. And it just gives them a second to kind mm -hmm. of prepare themselves. Mm -hmm. All right. So don't forget them. Don't surprise them. Third thing, don't force them. Learn how to challenge them and invite them in without making them feel pressured, uncomfortable, or embarrassed. I was thinking about my small group for my adults small group and there's a person in that group who is very private, very rarely speaks. And there's another guy that joined our group this year and he puts her on the spot all the time. Mm. And I've been with her long enough to know like I can't challenge her that way. Mm -hmm. There are times when I'll turn to her and say something, joke, um, invite her to contribute something mm. that I know she has. But I n try to never put her on the spot because I know she hates it. Mm, mm -hmm. So you just got to kind of feel it out and find your way there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The next part is to have a safe space and to be able to be safe as your group together. Um, one of our small groups who graduated this past year, but they've been a great group, been together and grown and invited more and more people throughout the years. And they had a tough season in their small group where there was a breach of confidence a few times and it became rough between friends and girls within the group. There was drama because now the girls didn't trust each other. Something they shared in small group was now shared at school with somebody else that wasn't a part of small group. That trust was gone. One night they came together and they were like, we can't do this anymore. We can't just sit down in small group. We can't break up because these girls don't like these girls and split them into two groups. We're going out back. They had a little bonfire and they did an activity called Cross the Line, which we've done at retreats before. Um, and it's a real reflection, almost a confession style Um activity and you all line up and when something is read by the facilitator that applies to you you step over the line it's a great way for people to realize they're not alone in what they're going through whether i mean you can be real surface level or you can get real deep about it and the questions typically get deeper as you go on from i'm an only child or i'm in a single family home to i don't always have enough food in my house. I have less means than are necessary for me. I have thought about self-harm, things like that. Um, and it can get deeper, but it can really bring a group together to realize that they are here for one another. They get to see what each other is struggling with and also what each other has in common and are struggling together possibly. Um, so it just kind of reinforced and reestablished the covenant for this group. And for them, they redid it so it was a reestablishment, but you guys can set that covenant up from the very beginning. What's, what's said here stays here. Only supportive words. We have to share with authorities if you, if you or someone is in danger, you know, so you, they know they can trust you, but you also have a responsibility. They're teenage girls. They will probably talk. It doesn't mean you don't hold them to a standard and ask more for them. So when the group covenant is breached, you'll probably hear about it after the fact, not before. But don't just leave it. Address it. Talk to the individual specifically. Talk to the group generally. Restate the covenant and reestablish the trust. That was what Kelly and Marianne did with their fire and cross the line activity. But that's what it's all about. Trust. 
Kelly and Marianne's group, so great. So they're I know they're always group. our number one example. <laughs> <laughs> they tell us the stories about their group too. Without yes, like they're so involved. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end with one last bright idea. If you stick with your group for four years of high school, you would have somewhere around a hundred small group conversations with them. Let's say 20 to 25 a year. That's about how many nights we plan for mm -hmm. the year. So mark those conversations each time that you have them, maybe write about them briefly each week in a journal. Just take two or three minutes mm. after your small group, maybe later that night, write about what your group talked about, something that was memorable, and then pray for your group as you write and come back to them as your small group gets ready to graduate. Wouldn't this be amazing wow, to have I'm a journal chills. like this? That's an awesome idea. And tell them, like go back to it. You don't have to read everything that's in there, but tell them and kind of come back to it and tell them they have that backbone of wisdom and encouragement and friends and faith and church and trust in Jesus to carry them through whatever comes next. How amazing would it be if a group leader was that, able to do that? That would be awesome. I want to do that now. I know. Well, we love you very much. Thanks so much for joining us today. Join us next time as we kick off our brand new series on recommitting to relational ministry.